Well, there it is. I've given you permission to record my soul. Welcome to the All That's Holy Blue Collar Podcast. Thought-provoking interviews with interesting guests and commentary on everything. Food, sports, God, gardening, church, politics, music, movies, comedy, you name it, we talk about it. I'm Cody Stopper. And this is Craig Morton. On this podcast, we talk to writers, teachers, activists, and we seek some wisdom. And as always, we are allergic to big words. But not to big ideas. Profound things will be said. But entirely by accident. So just at some point, someday, sometime, we need to take that intro and turn it into a checklist. Oh, yeah. Boom, boom, boom. I mean, boom. did we do this? I think it's been a little while since we've talked about recipes and food, you know. True. True. Yeah. And I've kind of been uh, off of politics for a little bit. Yeah, but, we need a break. Know. It's uh, because it's coming. The storm is coming. I mean, it's that time of it's there's, that time there's of a life. lot to come. There's yeah. a, there is a lot to comment on right now, but I just I'm at this right now. I'm it's like hands up. I, uh, come on. <laughs> it, yeah, it kind of, that's kind of where it is. Yeah. And so, yeah, I do have I do have a new different old mic that I've had before, but I haven't been using for a while. Love it. It looks good. And you look pro. And. So it's, it's, well, it's the Yeti uh, blue, I think it is, whatever it's called, blue Yeti that I've had, but um, I was using it as a desktop before. Yeah. And so yeah, it wasn't you, on the it's boom. Mounted. It's mounted now. And I used to have it on the boom back in the old days when I kind of was recording from within a little cave. Yes. I remember the cave. So before, before I redid uh, my office, I had mm -hmm. that loft, you, you know, under a bed. underneath that loft. <laughs> yeah. And then once, and that gave, you know, had a lot of stuff to attach the boom to yep and then when we when i got rid of that i didn't have anything to attach the boom to I, I, I mean i had the desktop but it was a a brand new desktop that i made and it's all you know polished and nice yeah. looking wood you i didn't, didn't want to like mess it up, it up with a exactly yeah but but what i noticed with the previous uh mic configurations is that we without being horrible. in that 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 kind of little cave because i was underneath the 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 loft bed and all that kind of stuff that mm -hmm. it, it sounded like i was one of those um you know in those old movies where somebody put the handkerchief over the phone and they're trying to be, you know <laughs> hide their voice <laughs> yeah yeah and so it had that weird muffly sound so hopefully you'll hear this better. you'll hear this in our interview that we've recorded with our guest for today but uh, both well i know i sounded horrible because I ended up having to use my phone and had to use earbuds and had to, use, it was horrible. So it's, it's really kind of, you know, I don't know. Cause it's weird. He sounds that, great, but he's got a pro. I, I, he must oh, have a sure or something. Uh, uh, well, he was using earbuds with something, but it had he, a, was a really, he really? High, I think so. I, I can't remember oh, what on the video, but I'm pretty sure. But yeah, he, it had a really good uh, condenser mic on his, on his, uh, you know, wired earbuds or whatever it was. So crazy, but Too good. Here we are. Here we are. Here's where we are. So I'm so, on a headset so here, mic today. So let's let's talk a little bit about sports. And I know this let's is going to come it. out. I'm I'm not going to get this uploaded, you know, as a podcast till later this week. But okay, just 
today, something worth noting, today is Wednesday, uh, February 7th. Wednesday. And if you let this one slide in your calendar, you'll mark it for next year so you're ready and aware of it. Today is National Women's and Girls in Sports Day. Oh, and so it's you know a, a day to acknowledge um, the like uh, the advances and the accomplishments of women in sports and yes. how much uh, more uh, there needs to be done for sure. coaching women and sport and, and girls in sports. One yeah. one little uh, uh, detail I saw go by was that in high schools mm-hmm. across the country. And I don't know if it's U.S. and Canada or North America or just the United States, but there are 1.2 million less opportunities for girls to compete in high school than there are for boys. Wow. That ain't right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and one well, of the I things title that really... nine was supposed to make it e- equal. Yeah. Yeah. And so some of that has to do with funding. Some of it has yeah, to do with right. availability of, of coaching staffs. Yep. 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 Um, yep. You know, one of the things that, that uh, I'm, I'm really grateful for uh, the way we do track and field here and a lot of schools do track and field is boys and girls do the same workout. Boys and girls have the same coaches. They don't get separate go. fields, separate tracks, separate times. You know, we all work out together. Love it. And and I think it's been a really good opportunity, not just for the girls, but it's also good for the guys to learn how to interact with with young women and coaches yeah. to kind of oversee that. And anyway, it's been great. So be, here's to be women a in good person. Here, good and, on you. Know, you. A, a little bit of shout out to my niece, the only professional athlete in my family. What does she do? She is part of the United States of America professional dodgeball team she represents yeah she represents you and me and everybody else awesome and and her husband uh is on the mexican national team (laughs) oh that's pretty cool wow now and now is there is that are those teams co-ed the dodgeball teams are they yes they are yeah i I figured i had to be one where they that, that could happen and so she is she she is so strong. She's been so strong for such a long time. She went through college on a softball scholarship. Ooh, nice! And um, I remember probably ten years ago, maybe a little longer. We were playing dodgeball, and man, she hit me from across the court and just knocked me off my feet. <laughs> and and that was even with those soft kind of spongy balls, you know, right. not, nothing hard. But man, I was gone. You got so nailed. You got laid think, out. I think that's just a, a point of privilege, something that I get to recl- you know, re- you know, claim. You know, I was decked by a professional athlete. So, uh, and you know, at that time, let's see, how long ago was that that you got that, nailed? Oh, that would have been over ten years ago. Yeah. So yeah, it wasn't probably even on her radar to be on the U.S. No, but she was. Team. She was. She was. She had been involved in dodgeball leagues in the Phoenix that's, area for quite a quite a bit. Cool. Quite a while. Cool. I love so. it. Yeah, love it. Anyway, okay. so a little there you go, a little shout out for boom women and girls in sports. Loving it, loving it, loving it. Speaking of sports and women and girls, high holy week. Oh wait, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I heard a statistic. Uh oh, and I wish I could find it now because I want to go back. Lies, damn lies, and statistics. That there is there is one person who is responsible for increasing NFL viewership 
in the <laughs> 13 to like 19 year old bracket by like 17%. And it was wow. like a 20 to 30% of bracket of women up to 25% more uh, viewers of the NFL. And it was like 35 on up to 50. It was another percentage of increase. One woman is accomplished, has accomplished to like bring the NFL back from the edge of disaster, you know? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Who is it? I don't even know who I have. No I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. It's, I don't even think it's a girl. It's somebody named Taylor. Um, Taylor. Oh yeah. Okay. Coach you Taylor. Uh, Friday yeah. night lights. Oh sure, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I have seen people say this, that the uh, Taylor, I, so it is Taylor Swift. We know who it is. The Swift changed, effect. The Swift effect has added something. It's like over $300 million worth of value for the season to the Chiefs and to the NFL for their. It, and yeah. she's and she's increased the gross national product of the United States by, I think, one percentage point oh, more than yeah. any more than any other individual. You know, it's so crazy. <laughs> well, well, actually, she wore uh she wore like I mean even just and even residuals. So like she has a yeah. oh. she walked in with a, a jacket, you know, that was a custom design jacket of uh, Kelsey stuff all over it, and apparently that was a the a wife of one of the Chiefs teammates. Um, she is a designer, and she designed that jacket and had done it for all of the players on the team type of thing and has branched out now and then has got now she's gotten a big time exposure from that jacket wait so you mean so she made a coat mm -hmm. for taylor swift with kelsey yep. stuff all over it yeah 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 and you she know, and she made a game. kelsey coat for everybody else on the team <laughs> she like all the teammates of the team like ah, oh, let me make a custom <laughs> jacket for you specifically and then that now it's cool. branched out and what's cool about it is after she didn't technically have NFL clearance, right, to put all that oh, imagery yeah. on there, but after Taylor wore it to the game, the NFL retroactively <laughs> granted her <laughs> uh, the ability to do that. So now she can make them and market it, like actually market it. She's so. A, yeah. So when was the last time there was something like an individual who had that so much that that oh. kind of social impact? I mean, they're, for good or for ill. I mean, oh, yeah. who, who are <laughs> there's a small handful of these people in the world. Yeah, I mean, I would think. Do you remember? Do you remember when Jessica Simpson was dating Tony Romo? Oh, that's right. Yeah, you remember yeah. that? I don't think it, yeah. it was clearly not this big. Not the same. A, yeah, it was a deal for a, a little while, a week or two. I kind of remember. Yeah, that. yeah. Most would have been. Gosh, I'm trying to think of who's showing up. Like that. I mean, I can see yeah. lots of people who have an impact on the, I don't know. <laughs> see, I, I think the thing that's really interesting about it is that these are, so where that's Tony Romo and Jessica Simpson or whatever, you know, um, you know, it, I think in my mind, they're kind of socially uh, equal partners, right? Yeah. There's nobody on Taylor Swift's level. No. <laughs> I mean, you Did know, you so I mean, so it's it it is you know it. They are not equals in this, you know. No, <laughs> what's funny is some dude, and you probably saw this, but a guy on Twitter, and I don't, I don't. Maybe he is this completely disengaged and just doesn't realize. But he posted, you know, if T if Kelsey wins the Super Bowl, he gets a 
it's like a $70,000 bonus or a, right, maybe even right. $700,000. Who cares at this point? Well, I think that was just numbers. for the AFC or NFC. Or yeah, 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 yeah. And so he like, now we know why she's dating him, right? Like for his money. Dude, she pays her truck driver a bonus of $250,000. bonus, yeah. A not bonus. just the regular wage, but that was the bonus. <laughs> yeah, there was. I, I love the article about these, these uh, truckers. You know, they were just saying, you know, this is this this isn't just a bonus like a thank you this changes their lives yeah you know they can, they can afford to bonus. buy a home it's like that's yeah i was like all right <laughs> yeah i think no. that's kind of cool <laughs> it, no that is very cool i just laughing yeah. at that guy and is like yeah 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 she's after him for his money yeah <laughs> no nah, don't think so <laughs> ah funny yeah, well, so Super yeah. Bowl week. Here we go. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. Super Bowl, Super Bowl. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we're talking about this. So so this did, did you did you watch the Pro Bowl over the weekend? I saw bits and pieces of it. Yeah, I saw nothing. Um <laughs> I saw some of the um uh skill competition stuff. I've always liked that. I've always liked I, it when they uh, include that at the Pro Bowl. My hunch is they need to build that up because yeah, NBA. And Major yeah. League Baseball, they've got that down pat, you know, home run, with home derby, run derby and contest, dunk contests. I love yes. those things. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think NFL's just kind of been short on that. I mean, yeah, I don't know. What did, did they for like the skills contest? Did they have a kickoff, uh, you know, uh, uh, yeah, they had field goal um, competition. I don't know about field goal, but they had, you see, know, I would love to see thrown. that. Yeah. Wouldn't that be amazing? Well, I know Jason Kelsey did something in the competition that he would. Oh, they had like a long snappers competition. And he was, oh, that is that. cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so the things like that. Now, when I was a kid, they had this thing. I don't think it exists anymore, but they had this thing called the QB club. And it was its own separate entity, but they would, in conjunction with the Pro Bowl, they would put on a quarterback skills competition. And man, I love Do you realize how things. old you are now? I'm so old. <laughs> You're old enough to say back back when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when I the, first uh, met 90s. you, you still were, but now you're not. <laughs> yeah. I know. My, That's crazy. My how time anyway. flies. Yeah. <laughs> my how time flies. But yeah, no, uh, I, that was one of my favorite things to watch. And so I'm, I like watching these uh and they they do i think they need to pump it up maybe even who cares about the game although the flag apparently the flag football game was kind of cool um people said that uh it got pretty competitive and there was some razzle dazzle trick of maroos going on my my hunch is they can probably uh let go a little bit more in a in a a flag football game because Mm -hmm. they're not supposed to hurt each other you know the pro bowl exactly and i mean there's perhaps less damage to be done in a flag football game would hope so still the so, possibility of you know pulling a, a muscle or you know, yeah and you got these like you know very strong people who move very yeah, fast so colliding fast. you know Oy. yeah so Oy. yep but it looked pretty fun like there was this really cool long um uh, you know pitch you know pitch reverse pitch to the you know, plays that they were doing and so so what's fun. your prognostic prognostic what What's your guess? It is. I almost used a big word. (laughs) (laughs) It is hard not to pick the 49ers because they're so well-rounded as a team. They're big everywhere. You know, their biggest weakness is their quarterback and he's in the running for MVP. You know what I mean? Like he's one of the, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, 
It's also hard not to pick just Patrick Mahomes. You always go like uh, uh, one of the, I don't know who it is, and he's often right about this, but you like, if if you're sitting on the fence, you just kind of go with the best player on the field because they can always make something happen. You make know? something and, happen. I mean, right. I, I, I'm not a big Mahomes fan personally. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was, I was talking about this with one of my students. I have a student in my philosophy class who's like, um, he's a he's a football lineman coach. Mm. And so we have fun talking about sports. And it's like, oh, wait, oh, we yeah. got to get back on track with the, with the lecture. Um, <laughs> oh, we got some business we, to do. <laughs> but we were talking about, you know, Mahomes is like, he, make, he, he runs like Tony Romo. Mm-hmm. And the thing about the difference is when Tony Romo would scramble and have to run, yeah, it was never very good. Mahomes <laughs> gets stuff. Yes. I mean, a horrible runner. He runs a four eight forty. Crazy, yeah. <laughs> and and he gets fifteen yards. It's like, wow, like where that come the from? The vision, the vision of running like yeah. huge. Who's yeah. part of that? Yep. Yeah. So, I mean. Yeah, give that He's to him. Yeah, I know. And so it's hard. It's like with Tom Brady. Like even when he was the team, and it, you know, often the Patriots were always the you know, the best team. But even if it was questionable, like maybe they were the worst team. Uh, the two, Tom Brady, you never pick against Tom Brady. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so, to. so you're you're gonna go with Tom Brady then this time, right? <laughs> yeah, Is Tom Brady's gonna the biggest winner of this whole deal. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't know. I, I, my heart says 49ers just because of so strong in so many aspects, but it's hard to pick so, Patrick Mahomes. So one of the things we're doing with this episode is we're not using the previous agenda planner that no. we had before that gives us nice little musical <laughs> interlude to tell us when time is on and when time to move to the next. Time so to I'm move to the next. Topic. Our own little segment sounds. Let's hear it. Whoa! These are not my pants. Today's segues brought to you by Five Iron Frenzy. Love and the it. Classic is... collection of songs called These Are Not My Pants. These are not my pants. <laughs> Love it. It's definitely one of my favorite uh pieces of music that they have ever <laughs> created. That's funny. So That's uh funny. last week we got together with Jason Tripp. Trip Advisor. And the trip advisor, that's right. And what did the trip advisor advise us to trip on? He a trip is uh, especially passionate about mo- film movies, loves to show them in his church setting and community, loves to talk about them online, write re- writes reviews for Letterboxd, which I kind of knew in the back of my head about, but you know, it's just another avenue of creating a community through film. So that's kind of what we talked to him a little about, about building community film. And then he gave us homework about to some films to watch. But yeah, we talked about how he developed this passion and love for film and and then how it's impacting his ministry, his community. So good stuff. And we'll be visiting with him yeah. a few more times. 
Oh, leading yes. up to the Oscar uh, Academy Awards. Oscars. Ow, yeah. ow, ow. I guess the official term, the Academy Awards. Well, yeah. So I maybe maybe that's the question we can ask in the future is like with, with Jason, uh, why is the Academy Award named Oscar? There's gotta be a reason. Yeah. Oscar. And the Oscar Does Oscar stand for something? It must be. Is there a, a overly Oscar. successful? Cinematographic, <laughs> cinematographic art release. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think that must be it. <laughs> Oscar. Right. So here's Oscar. No, not here's Oscar. Here's Jason, <laughs> here's Jason Tripp. All right, Craig. Here we are. Here our we are. Is this our first episode of 2024? This is Happy New Year. <laughs> we took like a whole month off uh, because of sickness and weather and driving. I had to go to funerals. It was just crazy. Yeah, Speaking I have had no funerals, but I've had sickness and weather and track meets. So track meet, oh, of course, Craig, the track meet man. I I reference you constantly to people when we talk about competition in. Uh, Bible studies groups and meetings because you, you're talking about competition talking. and Bible studies, yeah. competitive oh, yeah, Bible so. study. Oh, we are. Yeah, you know, you've heard of sword oh, drills. Oh, right? Do you do, do, you do sword drills? <laughs> no, no. Or whatever it's called. Yeah. So I didn't even know what a sword drill is. I guess that's a Nazarene thing. I don't know. I, I, I've heard it from some more evangelical folks. We never talk about it as Mennonites. <laughs> it's like, wait, no, what? No, no. What's a so sword? What I've got a letter opener, in... but that's about it. I don't know. <laughs> So. Now, what we're talking about in the current book study is called The Anatomy of Peace, Resolving the Heart of Conflict, a book um, about, you know, resolving conflict and the heart of conflict. So anyway, <laughs> I referenced your, the, you, you talk about competing with, not competing against. And I bring that up all the time that I did. All so right. anyway. <laughs> it's, it's great to be a footnote in other people's conversations. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's always good. So, All Cody, right. you've well, invited somebody to join us today. It's not just about you and me. Exactly. No, I am bringing today. today we, uh, you and, you and I. It's, about, it's you, not about you and I. That's right. Wait, I didn't, and, this isn't a competition on who can bring know. the best guests. But if it were a competition on who could bring the best guests, I clearly would be winning with today's guest, Jason Tripp. <laughs> Good afternoon, gentlemen. Good to be here with you. Now, now the pressure's on after that intro. Jeez. <laughs> well, just to let I, you know, I didn't invite anybody, so the competition really isn't there. I don't know. So. <laughs> I, I, with one guest, I've climbed head and shoulders above I, Craig. I don't know. My dog might join, but I don't know. She's kind of asleep right now. So We've actually had lots of guests, but Jason, here's the thing. You recent you when we got on the Zoom call here with us, you got a you had a power failure and uh, dropped the call. You are not the first guest to have had that happen to you while talking to us. So maybe it's us. Oh, we, su okay. we, we, right. we suck. We suck power out of others. <laughs> well, we just, I don't. I don't subscribe folks. to the view of the wrath of God that works that way. But uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we do either. But it is. Uh, yeah, no. Maybe it's just us. We suck up all the energy. Maybe that's what we do, you know, like. <laughs> but yeah, no, Jason. So honestly, I was thinking about this today, Jason. I don't know how you and I ever met or got connected. I'm. It's all online. It's all through social media. 
media, I believe probably were online circles back in the day. And here we are. Yeah, I think just, you know, that's how social media works, right? Friends of friends and people running in the same sort of church or theological circles. So, and over yeah, the pandemic, exactly. I mean, those circles have widened, right? So, yeah. That's right. Yep. And not only that, Jason happens to live in or around Toronto. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, there's there's a whole lot north beyond Toronto and Canada. I'm about four hours north of Toronto and a town <laughs> oh, called Sudbury. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's either Vancouver or Toronto to me. That's those are the two options. <laughs> yeah, I, I just say north of Toronto for my American <laughs> friends. <laughs> Love it. Love it. All right. Well, Jason, the reason we have invited you on today is because it is we uh, Oscar season's coming up. Oscar nominations have been released. And Craig and I love to talk about film. We definitely don't have as much time as we would like to watch movies, but we sure do make a good effort and love to talk about them. And I thought, let's have Jason on because, Jason, I followed some of your work online and you do some really cool stuff with the churches you're involved with some lent studies on film christmas advent studies on film and incredible work that i always say to myself next time he does that i'm going to join and i never do but the next time you do i will and the other thing is i mean there's a lot of things that cody and i really enjoy talking about uh and we usually like talking about it as if we know something but we really realize we don't really know much at all And so there are things we're avid about, but we still don't know what we're talking about. So it's really important to have somebody like you. Well, I don't know if I'm about. a quote expert, but hey, we've all got some learning to do. But this has been a this has been a lifelong passion of mine. Maybe I can just can I go back to my childhood and just yeah. where my love of film began? Give you a little oh, bit absolutely. of a, yeah, definitely. a bio in brief about who I am. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I live just north of Toronto, grew up here, uh, lived different places in the world. Grew up, it's funny, you guys were talking about sword drills. So I grew up in a you know, conservative, loving, but very conservative evangelical household. I think I actually won a sword drill and still have a Bible I won from winning a sword drill in uh, Sunday school, maybe the age Love of it. seven or eight. So uh, uh, those words are familiar, taking me back to a, a past life, so to speak. Um, but oddly enough, as I look back, like in that sort of environment, very loving, but pretty rigid you would think that movies would have been out of bounds. Like music was very much out of bounds unless it was labeled Christian. Um, But film was always a part of my family upbringing. And as I look back, I'm really grateful for that because that introduced me to my favorite form of art to this day at a young age. And so I have fond memories of, you know, first theater experience was E.T., I think. or um, Awesome. Yeah, Return of the Jedi. So I'm, you know, I'm late '80s born. So those early '80s films are some of my earliest childhood memories, and that just this stuck. And so fast forward to now, I'm a pastor of a Methodist church here, and as you alluded to, Cody's, you know, film has been a good way to kind of build some community and sort of connect, you know, themes of faith and life uh, as seen on the big screen. So I have two kids now as well, and, and they love movies, and so we we continue that family tradition in our household. Mm-hmm. So can you remember, Here's uh, when you're talking about uh, community and develop and talking about opening up gateways to talk about faith, do you remember, if, maybe this is asking you to go too far back, maybe there's not a specific one, but can you remember a movie that made you think, gosh, I want to share that with somebody and, and get their thoughts on it? Oh, yeah, that's a long, long list. Um, <laughs> but even the, like the Star Wars, like, 
these are this is low hanging fruit, but Star Wars films, <laughs> Lord of the Ring films. I mean, uh, some of the big themes of, of life and sort of metaphysical uh, are deeply embedded in those films. And so, so those some of those big sweeping epics. I remember just as a child captivated me but i remember even talking with my parents and others about some of the, the big themes of the struggle for good and evil and community and uh so th those were the first ones that really captivated me uh of course you mentioned it's oscar season this year there have been a ton of films and maybe we'll have a follow-up conversation about some of those but i think my all-time favorite film if i can just drop that uh, it's maybe not everyone's cup of tea, but Terrence Malick is one of my favorite filmmakers and, and his masterpiece, The Tree of Life, Tree of Life day, yeah. continues to be uh, one of my favorite, if not my favorite. You, whatever, any given day, I might say three or four films, but that's definitely on the short list. And hmm. just such a bold, beautiful, sweeping epic that really it's basically a parable of the Book of Job viewed through the lives of a family in the Midwest in the 40s, 50s. So that's. That's one of many more modern films, but uh, some of those big epics, the Star Wars, the Lord of the Rings, there's a lot embedded there. A lot of mileage you can get talking about uh, themes of faith in those films. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen Tree of Life. I got to give it a rewatch, but I do. I remember just being, I watched it all by myself in my my living room. Um, probably, gosh, was probably Netflix, uh, either on disc or, you know, might have been back then when you could get discs in the mail and and i dark darkened the living room and i sat down and i watched it because i couldn't get anyone else to watch it with me and uh just i can remember for like an hour afterwards i was kind of like speechless like i was like i don't want to really talk to anybody but then after that i was like i want to talk to everybody now about <laughs> this movie yeah, and get them to watch that, it. that's one i typically start the new year with i'll watch that new year's day just to oh, wow. really a good contemplative film mm -hmm. to start the new year with yeah. Ooh. Okay. So, do you have? Does that how bringing along movies for Lent and Advent started? Was you just noticed like, hey, this is a good film for this rhythm of life right now, this season of life where I am, and and so you stick it on first of New Year's, or this is a great Lent movie. I watch it every Lent. Yeah, that's part of it. And that's part of my, you know, growing up out of the sort of tight evangelical box I grew up with, recognizing. You know, the different traditions and rhythms of the Christian calendar and sort of incorporating films as part of that rhythm. That's been an important part. And you mentioned, you know, Lent and Advent. I have, uh, you know, a dear friend. Uh, we talk daily about films and faith. And uh, for the last few years, we've done sort of movies for Advent or movies uh, for Lent. Unfortunately, we're not able to do that this year. There's too much on our plates. But and just inviting people not only in our uh you know in our, our congregations and our denomination but just opening that up far and wide so we've had people you know as far as australia or europe sort of hanging out with us for those conversations so so that's been great because you know it's it's nice to use art and film to lean into some of those important seasons of the christian calendar and and in my experience that's been a real asset and led to some real fruitful uh conversations and contemplations hmm. yeah it's almost like there's two there's actually two gateways overarching or, or that come clashing together right there. You got film, which is accessible to almost anybody. I mean, it's not a hundred percent accessible, but it's pretty accessible. Sure. And then you've got the Christian calendar itself. That's already there and built in as common ground. And now you got two crashing together common grounds. I'm experiencing Lent and I love movies. Let's get these together with people who are doing the same. Yeah. And so we've had people that are, 
part of faith communities, but we've had others that just love film and maybe they're, they don't, they don't subscribe to the Christian faith, but they're curious about some of the themes and conversations. So it's really been just an open space, just getting people around virtual tables. And that's, that's a big part of my heartbeat is just, you know, opening things up far and wide to have conversations, to listen and to learn. And that's one of the beauties of film, right? They help us grow in our empathy. Some of the best films in my experience have been ones where I, I get to spend two hours with these characters in their cultures that maybe I'm not familiar with. It allows me to get a glimpse uh, through their eyes and hopefully I'm a better person and listener and empathizer because of the time spent in those theaters or watching with others. Mm. One of the no, things I... we did years ago in the early 2000s, our, our uh, church plant uh, was able to get access to a failed church plant building. There was a Presbyterian church here that started, built a million dollar building, and then the plant didn't take off. And so here's the loss with your shell. game. Yeah. <laughs> and we used it, we turned it into a, a movie theater every, every twice, I think twice a month on Friday nights. They had a great sound system, they had a big screen. So I bought a projector and we watched. I remember the first one we watched was Station Agent. Yep. And just to have those conversations with folks who come from anywhere, any walk of life. And then we watched uh, Crash, I remember, was one of the films we watched. I'm, I'm guessing that's the award-winning Crash, not the David yes. Cronenberg 80s Crash. <laughs> no, no, no yeah, that's right. It was, it was what, 2000, was that 2004, maybe, Crash came that's out? Another, I think that sounds about right. Yeah. 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 And so watched that one. And, um, and then we watched, I remember, Saved was the other one that we watched. Right. And it was the director's cut on the backside of the DVD. I remember that was, I, that's the thing I miss about uh, streaming movies is so many DVDs on, you know, had on the opposite side, had the directors walking through what they're trying to accomplish. Yes. And hearing the, the, the conversation of these directors who were talking about the movie saved and what they're trying to um, symbolize with choices of colors and, lights and these different things was just wonderful and i really missed that kind of conversation um and I, i'm wondering how do you pick up those other almost i would say almost hidden pieces in a world of streaming because you don't get those that kind of commentary yeah um it, it's definitely difficult although we do live in an age where you can get on youtube and you can watch interviews with directors at different festivals and whatnot so uh, last night, I, I watched The Zone of Interest, the last Best Picture nominee I had yet to see. And on my drive home, I just I popped in a couple conversations with the director because I was ah, just ah. ruminating on it. So, uh, you know, in this digital age, as we all know, that everything's accessible if you just you know, quick Google search or YouTube search and you'll be able to find it. But I like my physical media, too. And I love it for those reasons as well. You get those director's commentaries and cuts and uh you know, you can go down those rabbit holes for a long time. <laughs> I certainly yeah. have. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's interesting with your church experience. And maybe I'll just share a little bit of my church context, but something similar. Okay, we, we didn't mm -hmm. really buy a, a church that was running a movie theater. But we uh, in 2007, when I just started at the church, we bought an old school that had closed and turned into a sort of multi-purpose community center. And we have a denominational tool we sort of recycle every three years called Life Plan. It's a chance to kind of reach out, talk to the community, the neighborhood community leaders, as well as those inside the church community and go through a discernment process to try and figure, okay, what, what can we focus on? What might be the spirit nudging us towards for the benefit, not only of our church family, but for the, the wider community. And, 
And, you know, this wasn't my idea. This was a communal thing. But we said, why don't we start a drive-in movie theater? And so I think we're 14 years in now. We run a community-free, family-friendly drive-in movie theater, um, you know, school. So we got a nice big wall. We build a big screen, huge parking lot. We were able to maintain that even through the pandemic restrictions because people stay in their cars, there's social distancing in place. I remember the first time we painted a small portion of our wall. I think we had maybe two other cars and me. I said, well, humble beginnings, but <laughs> this is what we're called to do. We're going to keep doing Neat. it. And now 14 years later, we'll get you know between two and 300 people out every Friday night over the summer months for all sorts of films. Uh, I did show the tree of life one summer and it's just too artistic for many. I think half the people just took <laughs> off halfway through. I'm like, ah, oh. so reality is, you know, sometimes you gotta go with the, you know, the MCU films, the animated films, but try and right. find some still some sort of, some sort of faith connections there. We, we've done stuff over the years where I'll, I'll send home a little drive home meditation on the film. Oh. I'll try and make some connections. Uh, we try not to be too up in people's face with the religious themes and content, but just fostering community and getting to know our neighbors. It's been wonderful. And, and so for many in our community, we're, we're known as the movie church. That's how they, that's how they, they know. Nice. <laughs> that's awesome. I love it. It's so cool too, because it's not, you know, it, it, there is a time commitment, but uh, resource commitment's not huge, right? I mean, a screen some uh a, a, a radio transmitter yeah transmitter uh, a nice that projector is. a lot of one-time costs and it's become so popular that even our local government has you know thrown city councils thrown some money at this to help support it they see it as adding oh. value so i'm like great <laughs> yeah that we'll is take awesome it. yeah oh, i love so it's it been good. i love it yeah, that's an that's an incredible way to build community just right there right i mean to be that presence in the neighborhood that provides uh, something for the family to do on a Friday night free. And then, yeah. Cause going to the movie theater is not cheap these days. Oh. I mean, around here, you, you, by the time you buy your popcorn and your tickets, family of four, you're well over a hundred bucks. We offer it mm -hmm. free. We have a modest, uh, you know, concession stand, good prices. And so we'll see a lot of families maybe just can't afford to go to the theater. And so that's been a great service to them as well as you're seeing grandparents and parents and kids. So some of the rhetoric is, oh, I remember when I was your age going to the drive-in, and now they're excited for their kids to experience it. So that's been kind of neat to see, multi-generational uh, stuff, yeah. That's very cool. So uh, getting back to your online, uh, the virtual table that you were talking about, uh, centered around the movies uh, for Lint <laughs> or even Advent, have you noticed? So the discussion, I'm sure, is, is usually pretty respectful and, and tame, but you know, anytime you create any kind of community, there's going to be a little bit of even it's not argumentation, but just disagreement, right? About how maybe you see a film or or um, uh, the themes, even what the themes of the film are. And of course, it depends on where your viewpoint is and where you're at in life, what you see. But sure. have you noticed in those conversations? Uh, that maybe turn into difference differences of opinion. How, how have you handled that as a community? Yeah, I mean, the reality is all art is subjective and people are going to come at it from different perspectives and sometimes they'll be for it and sometimes they'll maybe have different opinions or be against it. Um, whenever we do our movies for Advent or Let, we recognize that, you know, what people like to consume as far as movies and content is different. You know, some people won't, go anywhere near an r-rated movie uh in religious co uh, communities so we we give disclaimers straight up we're like yeah these are the movies we're showing here's the plot here's the content you know if there is some vulgar language or violence or you know modest amount of even nudity that fits the theme and we'll let people know up front 
uh, nothing overly provocative, but it, it always does incite different conversations. And, and we invite that. We we invite diversity. We celebrate diversity of thought. I think that can add value to the shared viewing experience. Um, but we just, you know, we, the ground rules are, hey, whether you're a believer, an explorer, a skeptic, you're welcome at the table. Let's just be respectful of everybody's different opinions and not try and dominate uh, or control the conversation, but maybe we've all got something to learn because art is so subjective and your experience might be different than mine, but hopefully we'll all leave the conversation a little more informed and a little more empathetic. And so that's, that's kind of our, our methodology gets messy from time to time, but we haven't had any major issues because we just, we go in with that. We front end load those conversations and people are respectful. Yeah. And you're probably maybe in your choice of film, maybe you're, Probably. Well, I'd have to look at your list, but I'm sure you're not like, let's purposely pick one that like tackles this hot button political issue right now that everybody's, you know, talking about. Or maybe, you yeah, do. I don't know. Well, usually for the Lent and Advent, we'll, we'll start with the lectionary. We'll look at the lectionary themes and scriptures and then we'll we'll talk and discuss okay, what are some films that maybe fit some of the themes. But no, we don't steer clear of some of those hot button issues because some of those hot button issues Jesus didn't steer clear of those. So. <laughs> <Jesus didn't laughs> <hear, right? laughs> yeah. So we've tackled, uh, you know, nonviolence and Christian nationalism and different things in some of those conversations because those are issues of our day and time that we need to address, uh, both here in Canada as well as the States, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. Oh, wow, that's good. Do you have any, are there some uh, in your selection of movies, do you, does not do you seek to find voices from maybe some typically underrepresented communities to include as well? Or do you? Yeah, absolutely. That, yeah. We've, yeah. we've had, we certainly want to have uh female BIPOC voices. We've had indigenous films. We've had, you know, films representing people of color and uh, different uh, minority groups. Uh, when we make that a priority. Now the reality is it's a little different during the drive-in season where it's, low-hanging oh, fruit okay. what's going to draw a crowd <laughs> right. especially the family-friendly films but when we get into the land and the advent season and and we'll do films at different times of the year like we're looking at you know black history month sometimes we'll do a do a screening indoors in our facility as as part of black history month or uh you know some of the indigenous uh, uh commemorative days on our calendar we'll try and hit some of those and use film to foster more conversations so definitely want to and that's the beauty of film and uh, you know, it's Oscar season. Well, maybe we'll have another conversation down the road, but uh, they were saying there's 11,000 Oscar voters from 93 countries right now, which I find oh, wow. is awesome. I think that was well reflected <laughs> in the films that were, were recognized this year. So I think we need to celebrate that and lean into that. I call it the parasite effect. I don't know if you guys have seen parasite, but yeah. Great film. Yeah. Oh yeah. I just watched that. Uh, about eight months ago, nine months ago, something like that was on my list, and I finally was able to tackle it. So, that was a good one. Yeah, the first non-Hollywood international film to win Best Picture. I think that really unlocked and opened the doors for people to recognize, oh, there's a whole lot more beyond Hollywood. There is a whole world mm -hmm. of film to explore and celebrate. That's good. That's great. Yeah, oh, that's, yeah and it's super inventive and creative, too. Like, oh, so good. Okay. Uh, all right. We probably are getting close to our half hour time, but I wanted to, uh, I wanted you to challenge Craig and I for our next time that we get together with some homework. And before homework, you give okay. us that list, though, another question popped into my oh. head, <laughs> and that was, and that was, are there any Canadian filmmakers that you 
um, find mm -hmm. undervalued and, and underappreciated that you always suggest or recommend to people? Or, or there's another side of that is those who already are Canadian, but we in the States think, oh, they're just, you know, ah. Americans, right? You know? <laughs> Americans, know. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we have uh, here a, a local sort of indie cinema and a uh, big part of their vision is to show a lot of Canadian films and a lot of Canadian content. So I've been becoming more familiar with a lot of our local filmmakers I mean, one probably the one that is most familiar to people, but maybe they don't even recognize he's Canadian, is Denny Villeneuve. Uh, maybe by the time we record next, the new Dune movie will be dropping. So uh, he's the director of Dune, you know, Blade Runner 2049, Sicario, uh, Arrival. Um, so he's probably the most celebrated, decorated, and well-known of the Canadian filmmakers. Um there are so many obscure Canadian filmmakers. Maybe I'll, that'll be some of my homework. I'll come maybe next time and give there you is. maybe yeah. two or three. Like I could bring some off off the top of my head, but I want to uh, do my homework a little bit as well. But there are certainly a lot more Canadian filmmakers coming out of the woodwork. Uh, David Cronenberg is one. Uh, that might not be people's cup of tea though. Body horror filmmaker. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's uh, got yeah, some provocative films, but interesting as well. So that brings up, yeah, you know, I I don't know a whole lot about the Academy and how they're the Academy and who the Academy is and all that kind of thing with the Oscars, but how do they determine who's an international film? Canada doesn't sound like they're international films. They're uh, you know U.S. major release films. Many of the things you just described. Um, who who is who is the other nations that make it inner? You know, because there's a whole foreign film division, right? Yes. Yeah, so AMPAS, A-M-P-A-S, is the American Motion Picture of Arts and Sciences, and they comprise 11,000 people from those 93 nations. Right. And, you know, any film that is produced outside of the United States qualifies as an international film, including Canada. Okay. Um, and so currently, as it stands, you know, each nation uh, has their own voters and their own bodies, and they select to put forward one of their films for consideration to be recognized uh, in the international film category, and sometimes in the case of Parasite and others, as Best Picture candidate. Okay, um, so they overlap, or they 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 can land. They can. They can. Categories. Yeah. So, okay. so this year we have you know three of the ten I think nominated uh, films are non English language films or non produced in Hollywood. So um, I think that's a good thing as well. Yeah. yeah. Mm. That's awesome. All so right. you want you got some homework. Some homework is That's to it. recommend uh, how how many films did you want? Three. Three. Between the two of us, I think we can get three done. Well, wait. Oh, between the oh, between the two of us, three. So I could yes. watch one and a half, and you can watch one. Exactly. And a half. Exactly. Okay. Maybe we could watch one together somehow. A, a virtual watch party. Yeah, we could okay, do so that. So I'm going to steer clear of Barbenheimer because I assume maybe you've already <laughs> seen Barbie and yeah. Oppenheimer. Most people have in the world and. Um, but let me let me give you three others. Three other ones out of the ten nominated for best picture. We'll just stick with those ten for now. Okay. And maybe uh, next month I can give you a few more that will be will be coming out. Excuse me. Um, so one is called Past Lives. Um, okay. It's a, a small romantic film, uh, Korean American immigrant story, directorial debut. I, I love directors with their first film getting recognized. It stars Greta Lee, John McGarrow, and Taya Lee, and it explores some interesting themes about you know, childhood love and our experiences of the past and how our experiences of the past shape ourselves moving forward. Just a, a tender-hearted, beautiful film. 
uh, as someone I've lived in South Korea for a couple of years. So it really struck a chord with me and some of my past lives as well. Uh, so that's one that's rec that's been uh, recommended and nominated for best picture. Uh, another one is uh, another non-English language film is out of France called anatomy of a fall. I'm not yeah. sure if you've heard of that one. Yeah. Um, what was the book you dropped earlier? Anatomy of, uh, anatomy of peace. Yeah. Anatomy of peace. I, I found it interesting because I was already coming with that film. So anatomy of a fall, it stars, uh, Sandra Huller, who's nominated for best actress. And the director surprisingly was nominated for best director. And it's a, uh, it's a really tight, well-written sort of criminal procedural thriller. Uh, you oh, see early on the film, someone either falls is pushed or jumps out of a third story window in a chalet in the Alps dies and the wife gets accused as possibly killing him. And so the rest of the movie explores, did she do it? Did she not? But it's much more than that. The anatomy of the fall is not just about the physical fall, but the fall of the relationship, how it's uh, yeah. spiraled downward over the years. So I think yeah. it's my favorite screenplay of the year. The writing is just fantastic. And it's, it's my favorite performance of the year as well. So anatomy of the fall will be the second one. And then probably the one that goes down easiest and smoothest and one I've seen, I think, four times already. Uh, it's called oh. The Holdovers. The Holdovers, you maybe you've uh, heard of it. Yes. With oh, yeah. uh, Paul, Paul Giamatti stars yep. and a uh, good chance he might win Best Actor this year. Directed by Alexander Payne. They worked together 20 years ago in a movie called Sideways that I recommend yep. as well. And he's an old curmudgeonly uh, professor. Uh, basically just lives in this uh, boys' school. And uh, yeah, <laughs> Craig's applauding that, right? Look, they hit close to home, Craig. Yeah. yeah, I'm an old curmudgeonly professor. Yeah, yeah he is. <laughs> so it, it takes place at an all-boys' school in Massachusetts. And the title, The Holdovers, re refers to the few kids that have to hold over during Christmas break. Mm. They don't oh, have a family right. to go to or a place to go. And he draws the short straw. This old curmudgeonly professor has to sort of babysit uh, these students and the one student in particular uh, first time ever on screen performing phenomenal performance he holds his own his name is Dominic Sessa he becomes the one kid the challenging student uh, and then the uh, the cook the head chef at the school is the third actress her name is uh, Divine Joy Randolph and they all have different wounds and they're all going through hardship and you know the expression wounded people wound people is true but sometimes wounded people can find healing amongst under other wounded people oh, and that really that's is what the story is about and it really takes place and it has a look and feel that was made in the 70s. The director, the way he edited it, the way he shot it, it you feel like you're in a time capsule going back to the 70s. And uh, mm. I think of all the movies, if there's one that's mm. going to give Oppenheimer run for its money for Best Picture, uh, that's the one. So those three, uh, they're all in my top 10 of all the right. year. and I would, I'd recommend them. I was kind of hoping you would put Maestro in there because I just watched that one and I could say, oh, I'm almost done. So. Okay, <laughs> Maestro's but, fine. It's my least favorite of the ten, though. So oh! here, here, it 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 needs to be nominated for soundtrack. My goodness, it was, it was. Yeah. The 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 music in that I was, but again, I'm a Bernstein kind of you know fan. Well, so. there you go, there you go. Awesome, awesome, nice, nice. Oh, that's great. Okay, we got our homework, Craig. You think we can we do? do. It? Okay. Oh, that's the funnest that's homework a... assignment of the month for sure. You'll enjoy those. Heck yeah. so well, how, wait, when, when does it do? When when's it do? Cody, you're, well, you're... what's the Monday before? When is when is the Oscar night? Oscars are Sunday, March the tenth. I know yeah, that because okay. my local theater is hosting an Oscars party, and they asked awesome. me to come and host. 
So they're gonna get oh. me fitted for a tux, and I get to host the Oscar night here. So oh, that is cool. Awesome. Whoa! I'll get so my model cool. before Jimmy Kimmel does his. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That is so well, cool. We'll we'll have we'll have to get some photos of that and publicize and uh, there you go. Yeah, we'll let you know how it goes. Yeah, so we'll, maybe we'll ride on your coattails. That. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So maybe the Monday right before. So I'd, that'd be the the fourth or something like that. We'll record cool, it and then get it out before. Yeah, awesome, excellent. Uh, I you know one thing that uh, I just remind rem remembered is that when I and I had to look up to make sure this is true and it is. So I always have three or four movies that I just, I carry with me, meaning like are ready to go when people want a movie recommendation about a movie, maybe they've, they haven't seen. So I always have under the radar ones that I always keep ready to go. And one of them is a movie called St. Ralph, which is a Canadian film. And I just remembered that's yeah. You made me think about that. It's one of my favorite movies ever just because it's so under the radar, but so like impactful and it's crisp little story that it tells. I love it. Well, you know what? That's my homework because I haven't seen that film. Oh, so good. <laughs> and oh, and man, it takes place, it. I'm just looking it up here. It takes place just outside of Toronto and Hamilton. Yeah. St. Ralph. Yeah, okay. Gonna, that's, right. that's my homework. I will check that I one out it. this month. It's, yeah. it's good. Um, it's just it's a cute, kind of funny little comedy, but it but it does actually have like the more I think about it, like there's a ton of um there's some there's some good theology underneath there that I always connect well, with. And Exactly. And Craig might connect too, because it isn't it track and field or running theme? Yep. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. longest yeah, running. I that's one that I'd seen. Yeah, yeah. So well, look at that. See, that you've seen one I haven't seen. So there we go. Yeah, I'm running <laughs> too today. Nice. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, so, cool. Thank you, Jason, for joining us. And we yeah. look forward to our next installment. And, My pleasure. Uh, one, one final thing, if I could. Um yeah. there's a there's a website called Letterbox. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. Letterbox D. And it's a place okay. where any it's a global community where you can go and you can log movies that you've watched. You can keep a running diary. You can write your reviews and rank the films, rate them. So it's a great place for, for cinephiles and film lovers around the world to go. So you can you can get a free registration there and you can find me and follow me on there. And, oh, and yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, check that out all these movies, cool. what others are saying. Letterbox. Uh, one more way to build some community through. Absolutely. Through I love it. Absolutely. Well, thanks. Thanks, Cody. Thanks, Craig. It's been great hanging out with you and look forward to doing it again down the road. All right. Awesome. Yeah. These are not my pants. These are not my pants. Bobby. Bobby. Bobby's pants. Soulful. Yeah, those are those are those are classic segues that uh, I think you know we'll have to revisit. Uh, oh, you love it. Yeah, <laughs> you know I remember when I first heard that. Uh, you know, oh, gosh, that was so long ago. You probably weren't even born yet. Nah. Oh come on, uh, Reliant yeah, K. When, or who'd you say? Reliant K. When did they come out? I can't. I don't. I don't remember the. But boy, you know, it's like well, you might have been in middle school. Probably I, I could be. These are not my but, pants. Oh. Let's look at that. And there's like there's like a half a dozen or more, you know, variations of that. So <laughs> that's so funny. Very so, cool. 
Yeah. Where where are we on our to-do list? Oh, hey. We just got done talking about movies, right? We did. Okay. So now we're going to talk about a little about TV shows. Yay. So what TV shows have you been watching? So most recently I've been on a Ted Lasso binge. Yeah, Ted Lasso. Yeah. I, I love it. I love it because it's like uh, for a while, it's like everyone, you know, what every hour it seemed, I was getting like an update. Ooh, <laughs> ooh, the thing with Michelle, I totally saw it coming. Totally <laughs> saw it coming. I called it, man. I knew it was. I don't want to give any spoilers. I bet I knew. There hey, was you know, there. tell you what, that thing's been out for like three or four years. <laughs> If, well, it's if, true. You, if you spoil it for anybody, you know, I don't know. It's their yeah, own, own, I, I, I called know. this the uh, the entanglement with the uh, marriage counselor who was supposed to. Help yeah, there. I totally called it. I, yeah. I yeah. It yes. I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> I knew it. I saw so, it. So your, your little uh, feedback on the beard episode. Yeah. Which among uh, Ted Lasso aficionados is known as the beard episode i love it i actually and it. it and you said something like oh that was so scorsese mm-hmm. yes so so in the whole flow of the ted lasso story that comes in was it season two midway season two yeah mm-hmm. and it feels initially like wait what's what was way different yeah. so tell me what 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 did what was what was the impact for you of the scorsese ish oh. Esque. Well, a you know one you know Beard is just an interesting character. Always has been. There's a little sense of um, mystery about him, right? Because every now and then he'll he'll drop a a line that you're like, you know, in response to something like uh, one of them. One of the classics ones is like, usually you have to pay to get somebody to do that because somebody got bit on the butt or something like that, <laughs> and. <laughs> And uh, I think it's Nathan turns to him and goes, you you paid for somebody to do that? And he goes, no. Oh, no, no, no. Ben paid. <laughs> <laughs> and so you're like, well, yeah, okay, there's there's a lot to this guy, man. There's, so... Yeah, he's 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 esoteric. And he's always when he's in the office, he's always got a book open. Always reading a book. And yeah. usually it's the inverted triangle or pyramid. Inverted pyramid is the book. He... It, and, oh, and so, great. yeah, and it's well, it's usually, you know, some so he's esoteric he's mysterious and then this one episode you see is this a just a a day in the life or is this just a, or yeah. a, a night in the life and or is this like a, a one-off uh, strange uh, occurrence for him you know you, you don't really know but he rolls with it so well that you almost assume like it's just this is his it's what he does <laughs> this is a night so <laughs> so a lot of ted lasso fans disliked that episode immensely ah, i like it so here's my question. What is Ted Lasso? What is what is the series about? Well, it is about so I you want to hear this? No, there's I a, just asked a question for that. Commit, <laughs> so let's move on. <laughs> there's a character who I think gives you the hint repeatedly when he says, Football is life. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. So, so it's it's not really about soccer. It's not really about no, no. the the pitch. Well it's well, it's but it's it transcends that, of course. It's yeah. about leadership. Anyway, so that same character, Danny, in that I you also 
uh, send me a little comment on that episode <laughs> mm -hmm. about uh, the dog kills kills the mascot. <laughs> football is death, but football also is death. football is life, but also football is football. <laughs> it comes to you know. All right, okay. <laughs> so, so I think the thing that 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 I really liked about the whole series, and I really I think it really comes through in the third season because a lot of people didn't like the third season either. I'm liking you know, it so I far. Mean, and it's football is not about football right. and sports is not about sports. No. And, and I really like the fact that Jason Sudeikis and the other, you know, producers and directors and screenwriters, uh, cause, um, Oh, Troy, I forgot his name. Um, the F-bomb guy, not Troy. Uh, oh, Roy. Roy, yeah, Roy Kent, close, yeah, Roy Kent. <laughs> uh, but his, I forgot the name of his, what his real name, the actor's name. Uh, but um, I mean, he is one of the screenwriters, Brett Goldstein. Okay, yeah. So he's, you know, and what what the writers were creating is this is what it means to be a human being. This is how yeah, human exactly. beings develop and 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 form friendships. That's what it was really about. Yeah, you know, and yeah. So it's I'm reading a book right now called, um the anatomy of peace is the name of the book and the full title is let's see the anatomy of peace resolving the heart of conflict and oh i'm telling you as i'm reading this book and i'm watching these uh episodes there's so much because there's a whole deal in there about a heart of a heart of peace versus a heart of war and both people both hearts can do the exact same things in life, you know, same situations be a, even, even can be in conflict, right? A heart of peace doesn't mean you're never in conflict, but there's right. a way you are in the middle of even conflict or war or fighting or whatever it might be that contrasts to an actual heart of conflict. And when I'm watching these episodes, I'm oh, like, oh my gosh, gosh. Such, yes. I'm seeing this playing out right here. Yeah. yeah so yeah. gee, what, what does Ted Lasso carry a heart of war or a heart of peace? Oof. So it's a good question because when starting out, I would have said heart of peace. Yeah. And, but there is, it, when the, when the, in the book, the author describes uh, one aspect of a heart of conflict appears, it can appear to be a heart of peace, but really underneath it is this sense of I'm actually at conflict with what people think about me and how they view me. And so you can come across as because you're trying to like you're putting up this image that you want people to view you as the heart of peace person. But it's you're really at conflict because you're doing it from a sense of what others think about me and how they view me and those types of things. So I'm on the fence because there's coming through is some of this. He's maybe he's still and we do. I think we switch between it's you're not always a heart of peace. You're not always a heart of conflict. And so I think he's maybe has times where he's a heart of conflict because he's like yes he's dealing and, with and i think yeah yeah and I, I think you see that in his in his panic mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that's part of what the panic is about exactly exactly and, and so moltmann jürgen moltmann has this quote oh. that oh. i might butcher but <laughs> so one of the key um images in the whole ted lasso is the believe sign yes yep and belief is kind of the goal, you know, it's, it's what we want to be able to do. Mm -hmm. 
it's not so much a sta statement of fact. Oh yeah, I believe this. I believe that. It's yep. it's something you're you're uh, trying to attain. Mm -hmm. And so Maltman has this quote that says something like, "Faith hopes in order to know what it believes." Ooh. Oh, oh, oh. And sometimes it's just fun to dwell on that and kind of the grammar of it. Faith hopes. I mean, do we think of faith as this noun that has agency that actually engages in the process of hoping? Mm. And in the process of hoping, trying to hope, trying to hope when there's like reasons to be despairing. Right. And you continue to try to hope. And in that process, you begin to get a glimpse of what you truly believe, what you trust is going to be the outcome or what you trust things are leading toward or whatever you, you, yeah. you're participating in. And and I think I, I think that believe sign in Ted Lasso is incredibly profound. Yep. Um, and it's it's this, and and that's the Ted Lasso character who who has faith, and that faith is hoping against hope or hoping against ad, ad adversity, even hoping against their own feeling of inadequacy. Kind of the imposter, the imposter syndrome is so huge exactly. in this. Because oh, he's not a he's not a football coach. I mean, he's no. not a football coach, <laughs> you know. And and um, and and some of that, actually, the the conclusion of the whole series is just tremendous. But anyway, I'm waiting. I, I'm waiting I, I look forward. I look forward <laughs> to you uh, wrapping this one up. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. There's just there's somebody just I love the episode that I just finished. So one of my two of my now favorite characters. I mean, of course, I like Ted, you know, and, and all the main ones. But I love, I really love Danny uh, a lot. And I, re I actually really like Will, the new Good. man. Yeah. A lot. That guy's, and Higgins. Higgins is great, too. Higgins is amazing. I think you <laughs> also so you also commented on the Higgins family Christmas. Yes, the table. It just I mean, kept getting there's, bigger. There's, there's bigger. always room for one more. <laughs> it's it's so like, good. So good. That is Good stuff. Uh, and the episode though, so I always like I was like, man, Danny's so funny. He goes, uh, they're in Amsterdam and they're trying to decide as a team what they're gonna do with their night off because right. Ted gave them no curfew. And uh <laughs> they are totally split on what to go and do. Danny really wants to go see a tulip though. And <laughs> while he's in Amsterdam, <laughs> and they're like, You mean like a tulip field? And he says, No, just a tulip. I just want to see a tulip. And so they're casting votes and he keeps casting a vote for Tulip and it's anonymous. And he, there's one vote for Tulip, always one vote for Tulip. And they say to him, Hey, Danny, we know you voted for Tulip. And he's like, no, uh, no, he brings it up. He's like, there, you know, it's only one vote for Tulip and it's one vote for going and watching a sex thing and one to go to a party. And that's all they talk about because they, right. and Danny goes, but it sounds like somebody voted for Tulip. <laughs> and they're like, dude, we know it's you. And he's like, no, how how can you know it's me? And they go, you wrote it in Spanish on, <laughs> on the vote. And he goes, somebody wrote it in Spanish. <laughs> he's so funny. Uh, that was that that was such a genius um series. And I'm yeah, it, it, there's like, oh, we need one more series. We don't want we we don't want it to be done. 
I, know. I think there's a, a value in containing something like that. Yeah. Letting it and say, hey, it ran its course. It did a great job. It was a wonderful story. Mm-hmm. Rather than, you know, keeping it going for nine seasons with a lot of, you know, Filler, fall on your flat face yeah. years, you know. Yep, yep, yep. Um, it's hard to have a long run and like do it well, get it done. Yep. I like it. People have so, talked about spinoffs, but. Yeah, and, and there there'd be some spinoffs that'd be interesting to see, but mm-hmm. I just can't imagine them having the boy. It would it would be such a challenge to make them have the same tone, right? Uh, you would need the same, you know, um, you know, directors, writers, yep, staff to make it happen. Uh, mm. Great show so, so far, though. Loving yeah. it, loving it. So so maybe this is a little bit too abrupt of a of a turn, but I mean, <laughs> one of the things. Uh, with with Jason, we were given some uh, movie homework. Yeah, yes. And uh, the the three um, films were Past Lives. Yes. The Holdovers. Oh, yep. And uh, Anatomy of a Fall. Oh, yeah. yes, indeed. Yeah. So, where are you on your homework? I've watched two of them. I've seen The Holdovers, and I've seen Anatomy of a Fall. I watched it uh, day before yesterday. Oh, did you do the rental? Yeah, I went ahead and rented it. Yeah, I went ahead and rented it. Only five bucks. I thought about just buying it flat out because it's 14 bucks to buy it. But uh, yeah, I rented it. And I'm looking at that going, do I really want to rent? Do I want to spend any money? It's like, I know. I'm doing streaming. I'm already (laughs) paying for this (laughs) monthly fee. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so I went ahead and watched Past Lives, which was a very interesting story. Okay. There's a lot to talk about. Ooh, I'm gonna have to hurry and, and watch it. And yesterday watched uh, Holdovers. Ah, ah. Uh, well, I should say I watched Holdovers. I shouldn't say yesterday. I watched it a little bit the day before, a little okay. bit yesterday, a little bit yesterday evening. Finally got it done. Because it's hard to sit down and watch a two-hour movie. I know. Once anymore, so hard yeah. to do. You gotta fight for that time. I think one of the things that I really, really enjoy about the storytelling, and it's what I enjoyed about Maestro. Um, is I love the cinematography. Yeah. And because really Maestro, Maestro, Maestro is a multi-decade story. Yeah. And the different decades are filmed in a style that reflects the movies of the you know 40s or the 50s and the 60s and moves oh, forward cool. as the fashions change. You just see the the tone and the timber of the colors kind of shift. That's you know? cool. That's cool. And and um and um Holdovers had the same thing. It yep. looked like a movie from 1970. Set in that. It was so good. Uh, you know, oh, whenever I, I see it. those, I'm looking around at all these old old cars. You know, it's like, <laughs> where do they get that many you I, know, 1970 I was thinking that too. That's the cars, the clothes, even, you know, um, furniture and, and set pieces. And I'm like, golly, someone had to put in so much work to so, recreate this. <laughs> we, we have a friend here in Meridian. And... And she collects clothing. Oh wow! And she supplied all the clothing for um, Mrs. Maisel. Whoa! So all those 1950s and 60s costumes—that's her own. Per- that was her collection. That is amazing. And so she has, you know, like a storage locker here, Meridian, that's just filled with racks of clothing from different you know periods and stuff that's that are authentic pieces from thrift stores and stuff like that you know some of them are are you know uh made 
you know, specifically sure. to, to copy, but most of those, most of those were original, wow. you know, products, original pieces of clothing. It's like, where, where do you find that stuff? You know, you go through uh, your dad's and granddad's closet. Oh, there's one. So <laughs> that's but amazing. The, the, one of the things that I, that I noticed watching the holdovers is the, um, the, 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 the teacher, the, 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 um, Oh, what's his name now? Gosh, I forgot his name. The character. Uh, um, oh boy, you had to do this to me. I uh, don't have. But what I noticed <laughs> is the shirt he wears looks just like the one Dwight Dwight Shute wears every day. Dwight oh, Shute yeah. always has that mustard yellow yeah. yep, yep, shirt. Yep. It's like I've seen that shirt. Pa Hunnam. But that Paul Hunnam. Yeah. So so Hunnam. Yeah. So yeah. that that. Um, the cinematography is just amazing. It's I really so like good. the way it's part of getting you into the story and betting you yep. in the period of the time. That's really good. Oh, yeah. I love it, man. It's uh, you know um, I, I, so I'm on that letterbox thing that we talked about and everyone's right. talking about it as a new Christmas classic, a Christmas movie. And sure. I, okay. I could see that never once in the whole time while I was watching that though, was I thinking Christmas movie? I didn't really think that. The whole time. No, no, <laughs> I really don't see did. it that way at all. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and not how I, but, yeah. but then as I thought about it more deeply, I did think, well, actually I do have, you know, in my, in both of my congregations, I always have people who come to me and are like, are we going to do a blue Christmas service? Are we going to do, um, because I'm, you know, there's some of us feeling alone and not feeling it, you know, this. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, well, Actually, you know, I'm I might call that a blue Christmas classic. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, what I, it, that's how give, I thought about it. Yeah, give it its its space uh mm-hmm. to tell that story. Yeah. Yep. Um yeah. So I, and, and you know, when I when I watch movies, I don't know that I'm that great of a critic. Yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> it's, it's I'm too I'm know, too positive. <laughs> I, I think I'm too positive too, because when it comes to rating and it's like, oh yeah, I don't want to give it sure. a three, but you yeah. know, I don't want to give it a five, you know, I'll call it four and a half, you know, just to, <laughs> exactly. But you know, four sounds like you just clicked a star, you know. So you go four and a half <laughs> makes it sound like you thought about it. I actually bit. thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's and for me it's just like, was it a good story? Yeah. You know, um, Same. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and I miss out on things like, oh, the character development, the acting. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> well, but, but that is the uh, acting in this is, whoa, is brilliant. It's really good. Yeah. Every, in fact, every I, character. Yeah. In fact, they, they each, they each got fully developed. Yeah. And which was my, my criticism that gave four stars maybe to past lives. Mm. Is because there's a key character in there who is flat as anything. Yeah. And then I had to think, was that on purpose? Was that part right. of the development of you know the counterpart character, you know? And but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. So I still gotta watch Anatomy of a Fall, and there's a few others on that list that I want to watch. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was it one time? What's the zone thing? I don't know. See, I hadn't heard of that. Is it zone of interest or something like that? Zone of interest. That's right. Zone of interest. I have, and I I know nothing about it. it. Yeah, I think it's one of those dystopian, apocalyptic things. You know, I don't know. (laughs) So it's like, all right, yeah. I sure want to get those three done, and I'm two thirds of the way there. There you go. Yeah, I got one more to do myself. (laughs) Love it. All right. So (laughs) you know, um, I think one of the things we got to be mindful of is is our time. So Here we go. 
Time, it's this, time for our next segue. Right. What are we talking about next? Let's hear it. <laughs> they smell a lot like Bobby's because he likes to fart. <laughs> Wow. Uh, so so what did we have as our, our final item on our Lentanagrams? Lentanagrams. Oh yeah, yeah. And I'm not even I can't remember if that's the right name for the thing. Is it is it called an anagram? Um, when you take a word and you make a word for each of the associated letters, you know, like a word radar, you know, it each each letter stands for a word or a concept. No, is that a uh is it anagram? No, that's our anagram is just rearranged. Anagram letters. when you mix them up, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, what is it called? <laughs> it's that thing. It's that thing, right? That you do. What is that called? <laughs> and how do you even Google that question? What is that called? They... Okay. Let's talk about the concept, and we'll figure out the name maybe as we go. <laughs> the concept is you take a word, and each yes. letter in the word represents <laughs> another word. word. What is that called? So the word cat can yes. mean catastrophic, anatomical, telepathy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that would be. <laughs> so that is called... Oh, acronym. <laughs> Thank you. An acronym. Oh, acronym. There, we, there go. we go. There we go. Okay. So, right. yes. So, so Lenten Lent. acronym. There we go. Okay. So, so you offered. Yeah, so, uh, so I, I was thinking your... about this because Robert Schuler, a number a, 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 a gazillion years ago. Yes. Uh, had a preaching series on the season of Lent called Let's yeah. Eliminate Negative Thinking. Oh. Of course he did. I mean, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah that's like, very yeah. Schuler-esque. But, you know, it seems like that doesn't probe the depths of the season. No, there's more. I mean, so, so so, what would be some other potential acronyms for Lent? Okay, what did you come up with? You already come up with one? I was hoping we could do it together. Okay. So I'll say a word, and then you choose the, le- the word oh, for the no. next letter. Oh, boy. Okay, so the first <laughs> word is loosen. Loosen, loosen, <laughs> loosen every nut. Oh boy, loosen every nut. Loosen every nut, thankfully. <gasps> oh, you know what that is? That's a wonderful series on deconstruction. Da. Lucy, bring that thankfully. Do it yeah, with some gra- yeah. do it with gratitude, I guess. <laughs> yeah, there we go. All right. So okay. your, your turn. Okay. Leave. Entertainment. <laughs> Leave entertainment. Comma. Not. <laughs> comma. Oh. <laughs> not. 
tea time. <laughs> tea time? I like it. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to go uh, if I, uh, the, what I thought of was leave every, let's see, leave <laughs> everything not trustworthy. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. But so we should also make a rule that you can't use the same word twice. There so you go. Every, yeah. every, every already got <laughs> used and it's like, oh, I can't use every. That's true. Yeah. How many E words can you think of? Yeah. All Envelopes. right. So <laughs> uh, let's see. What was it? So we said leave, uh, leave, loosen and leave. Loosen and um, um, learn. There we go. Learn. 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 Um, embody. <laughs> it's not going to make a sentence, I don't think. Uh, Maybe it could be say learn, embody, um, nullify. Ooh. Um, Nullify T. How about nullify learn, embody, nullify theology? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's sad. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, that could be a part of the well, learn, embody it, but then. Oh, that's true. Nullify, yeah. yeah what you know continue continue there we yeah. go yeah okay all right i get that <laughs> yeah i get that okay okay right. yeah. did it did it who said oh you you started with uh l didn't you last time oh okay so it's your turn okay let's go with love elephants <laughs> uh and let's see um hmm uh love elephants no, love elephant elephants noise trumpetingly <laughs> what <laughs> turpentedly trump trump trumpet trumpetingly <laughs> like a trumpet, you know, because elephants gotcha. make a trumpeting noise. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can yeah, we yeah, make yeah. up words? Mm, I think sure. Trumpetingly <laughs> is a great word. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. So maybe we should leave it there and see if any we could get any people to <laughs> please uh, give us some suggestions. Please give us some better acronyms than that. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of words. Our first one was pretty good. Letters. Loosen. What was it? Loosen every every ev nut nut. What did I come up with with the T? Was it together? Uh oh, was it? Oh no! Was thankfully, thankfully, yeah, that's right. Guys. Thankfully, but I like yeah. the together. That's pretty. Yeah, damn we good. could. Well, then it could be lent. This is a stronger T sound. Yeah, lent. I like it. Okay. Yes, please come up with some better lent acronyms for us. Better lent acronyms. Oh, are there any better? I don't know, but. Mm. And, you know, while you're at it, um, make sure you check out the Segway music. We had some great tunes. <laughs> What's up? 
Yo, me and Bobby, we was walking down the Yo, we didn't have nothing to but we had our pants on. But yo, these ain't my pants. Uh, I'll get them off now. Um, tight. Oh, they so tight. My Ouch. Ooey. Ooey each. Um, Billy, Timmy. Um, hello there. Yeah. Because we in a street. Ooh. I love that that one because it's like it's just a bunch of beeps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to oh, fill in funny. the blanks yourself. Make it All up. right. So I think that's enough for this week. We did it. All right. Boom, Check boom, out boom. some movies. Check out some TV Watch shows. Watch movies with us. Watch some TV shows. If you haven't watched Ted Lasso, watch get the, on watch it. The, watch the Super Swift Bowl. Super Swifties. Super Swift Bowl. Oh, we should uh, let's uh, since we did prognostication, let's guess how many. Let's guess how many seconds they'll show her in the Super Bowl. Oh, so, let's see who gets the closest. Wow, my and, hunch is there's going to be about six cutaways. Okay, to see her. Okay, with each cutaway being probably a second or two. A I'm guessing seconds. the total is going to be. 12 seconds maybe okay okay all right i'm gonna go with six let's see six now that doesn't include the time she might spend after the game oh sure yeah we you know hanging out with yeah no count yeah okay yeah yeah good uh we'll say um six sounds pretty good let's go with i'm gonna go with let's go with eight and i'm gonna say 22 seconds Oh wow, that's a whole lot more. Yeah, mm-hmm. just yeah, shy so, of three seconds per. Now, could you imagine this? So, if um, I almost said Kelsey Grammer, <laughs> <laughs> that would be a surprise. <laughs> so, what if he scores all the touchdowns? All right, I was gonna say if he scores a bunch of times, I mean that we gotta that that then then eight might not be enough. I know. So, but we have to. You know, you got to think. Um, of what's the record for receiving touchdowns in a Super Bowl by a tight end? <laughs> I know that Gronk has, I think he has the record for a career, and that's uh, of Super Bowls, and right. that's only five. Wow, so well, that'd be a crazy record to break in one game. In one game, try uh, well, Kelsey's got to be at something, right? Because he's been to three Super Bowls. That's I wonder right. where he's at anyway. All right. There's a lot of questions that we're asking people to to feedback on. And one of the things we should do is be a little bit better with social media so people can tell us what they think. <laughs> and I'm <laughs> terrible with social media. Ugh, no All right. Okay. Time to wrap it up. All right. Good podcast. We did a great job keeping on track. Right. We were good. Without session, Talk everything. To you post game, like next week. Yeah. Day after the game, probably. More than likely. More right? than likely. Okay. More, <laughs> yeah. And stop recording. There we go. <laughs>